welcome to the B2B Content Show, a podcast about the how, what, and why of B2B content marketing. I am your host, Jeremy Shearer, and my guest today is Allison Jones, VP of Marketing at Raintree Systems. Hey, Allison, great to have you on the show. Hi, Jeremy. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Kind of give us like the, the short version of how you got into marketing and how you ended up at Raintree. I've actually been in marketing and event planning for my entire career. I sort of, I sort of fell into it early on. I was probably 18 years old and I started working for a family friends company. And prior to college, I worked for them during college. And then when I graduated from college, they said, well, you're going to work for us. And that's sort of how I started my journey and worked for that company for about 17 years. And I just sort of moved my way up through the marketing ladder. And then when I finally left the company, I had a few other marketing roles before I came into the healthcare space and then eventually came over to the Raintree family just three months ago now. So very new to the Raintree family. Okay, very cool. So this is a new adventure for you. And just give us just a, a little bit of info about Raintree. Raintree is the premier EHR platform for enterprise and mid-sized therapy provider organizations. So we do have a long sort of history. We've been in the market for um, nearly 40 years now, and we have a proven track record of success and client satisfaction and providing patient engagement and communication tools, clinical documentation, revenue cycle management, business intelligence analytics for physical therapy, occupational therapy, speech therapy, audiology, and ABA settings. So, you know, software is really our passion, but people are our purpose. So we definitely pride ourselves on creating innovating technology that really humanizes healthcare. So our, our end goal, our why, our purpose is to create better outcomes for the patients that our clients' practices serve. And like I said, we've been doing that for nearly 40 years now. So, and, and as you mentioned, you're pretty new to the company. And, you know, when we chatted a, a week or so ago to prep for this interview, one thing you mentioned is that when you came on board, you looked around and you noticed, like, there, there's really not much of like a tech infrastructure when it comes to marketing at Raintree, right? Like the tech stack is not really built out in, in the way that a modern tech stack should be. So how did you assess that? Like when you came in and kind of looked around, what did you see? And, you know, what clued you in to like, oh, this needs maybe a little, little uh, building up? Well, quite frankly, there was really nothing there in terms of modern tech. It was sort of a clean slate to start with. That was really exciting from my perspective because I get to bring in all the fun and exciting tools that I wanted to do. But from a marketing perspective, it was, they're a very sort of young organization in terms of what they were doing from a marketing perspective. So they did have some tools in place, but they were not they weren't implemented the correct way. So it was it was sort of taking those existing tools and ripping them out and replacing them with more mature solutions. So we did some of that in terms of replacing CRM with Salesforce. We replaced, we brought in Pardot as a marketing automation tool. So we got some of those baseline tools in place. And then it was about, okay, what else do we need from a text stack perspective. So really what it became from there was a discussion about what do we want to achieve from a marketing strategy perspective? And that is a discussion where you sit down and like, what are our goals? What are we trying to accomplish? What do we want to achieve? How are we going to get there? What types of programs are we going to deploy? 
What's our budget? And then once you have a handle on those questions, then you can ask, okay, what's the tech that we need in order to achieve those goals? And then we could start putting those pieces in place to build out that that tech stack and then also to meet that strategy. So for example, you know, depending on what your strategy is, if you're heavily focused on lead or demand gen, you might be focusing more on marketing automation, landing pages, forms, those types of tech tools that are going to help you bring more leads and maybe social media tools. But if you're more focused on ABM strategy, you're going to be looking more at data tools, predictive analytics tools, tactile marketing tools, perhaps, technographic tools. You know, some businesses are very event-driven. So you, if you're, if that's the case, then you might be looking at event platforms that help you do hybrid and in-person stuff. So really it comes down to, you know, what's your strategy? And then you look at your tool set to help achieve that strategy. So for Raintree, it was really lead gen, demand gen, and ABM, and then getting those tools to help us meet those targets. Now, for, for each of those categories, there are many different tools that you can choose from. So how did you go about evaluating which was going to be the best fit? I had a little bit of an advantage because I've used a lot of these tools previously. But in general, when I evaluate vendors, there's a couple of questions that I like to ask. First of all, does it fit my budget? Because if it doesn't fit your budget, there's no sense in looking at the tool first and foremost. So you have to be realistic about it because some of these tools can be really expensive. Typically, if it's really expensive, there's some other option out there that is more affordable. And you might have to go with that more affordable option to start with and then build up to that more expensive tool later on that has more bells and whistles that you may not be able to use right now anyways. What's the what's the ROI? That's another big question I like to ask. Is it going to save me money? Is it going to save me time? Is it going to make my process better? Will it make me money in sort of achieving my goals? Is it going to solve my pain points? If it doesn't solve my pain points or if it creates more pain points, forget it. That's not the right tool for you. Is it easy to use? And then more importantly, is my team going to use it? Because if they're not bought in on it and they're not going to use it, there's also no point in bringing that in. So you have to have sort of that, that buy-in from all the different levels of the folks underneath it, whether it's your team or any cross-functional teams that are also going to be using it. So a lot of the marketing tools that you bring in from a tech stack perspective are typically going to have some crossover, especially with sales, right? So a lot of the tools that I'm looking at are also going to be shared by our SDR team, like web chat. The SDR team will actually be the functional team that's using that on a day-to-day basis. So if they're not bought into that, if they don't see the value in it, then I'm going to fail on that tool. I'm going to fail on that ROI. So you have to, you know, sell it, sell it to them as well as sell it to leadership team or the executive team who you have to convince of that, you know, you want to fund it and it's the right thing to do. Does it integrate with my other systems? Extremely important. You do not want to have disparate systems. You want everything speaking to each other because that's going to make your life a heck of a lot easier if all of your tools work together. And then the last question, which sort of fits in with what I was saying earlier, is is it more than what I need? So I think oftentimes as marketers, we look for the shiniest, biggest object first because we want all the bells and whistles. We want the fun tools. 
But sometimes we have to take a step back and say, is it too much? So I like to look at it and say, where, where am I at right now? Where is my team at? What are my capabilities? And is this tool too much for me right now? And if it is too much, then I'll make a decision to say, not right now. Let me go with something else. A good example of that is marketing automation tools. There's lots of different marketing automation tools out there. And there's lots of, lots of different levels of marketing automation tools. Like an Eloqua is like, you know, top level. There's tons of bells and whistles, tons of capabilities it has. Like that would be way out of my market right now for what I need. I have a five-person marketing team. There's no way that I could manage Eloqua. And my business doesn't require that. So it doesn't make sense for me to look at something like that. It's a wonderful tool. It doesn't make sense for me to look at something like that right now. So you have to say your expectations and be realistic about what you're looking at. Is the problem with getting a tool that has too much going on, is the problem that it's too expensive or is it that it's too complicated and in the end of, at the end of the day will just be counterproductive because it's just too complicated for the tasks that you're doing and it will be hard for people to figure out how to use? I think there's a couple things there. I think you can it can be overpriced for your budget, so you're overspending there, and you can save dollars and maybe use those dollars for something else. I think it can be overcomplicated, so it you know it might just be harder to use. But I think there's also you're not going to use it to its fullest capability, and that's really where I think you miss out. So you know if there's aspects of the tool that you can't get to leverage, then why have it? I mean, just to play devil's advocate, like, you know, I, I, I suppose you could argue, well, one day we'll need this. So why not have it ready to go? You know, and we'll build up toward it sort of aspirational. Like, does that make any sense at all? Yeah. But if you're paying X number of dollars for that and you never get to use it, why not save those dollars and use it towards something else that you know that you can use now? And then later on, you build to it. So it's about using your budget wisely. So if, if I know that I can spend, so say I'm buying a, you know, a tool that's going to help me do X, Y, Z, and the Premier tool costs $50,000 and it has a whole bunch of stuff in it that I'm not going to use, but the mid-level tool costs $25,000 and it has everything that I can use right now. I can save that extra $25,000 and maybe spend it on, you know, additional PPC where I know I can actually spend that on the PPC. So I'm just spending my budget more wisely. Okay. That makes, that makes good sense, right? You want to get the, the, the most ROI out of the tool that you're using. But in three years, I know that I'm going to have a team that can support that premier tool. So I'm going to put it in my plan that in three years, I'm going to you know, switch over to that tool. Now there's complications there because you're going to switch tool and, you know, there's pain in switching that tool. So, you know, there's arguments to be made there. Like, do you want to go through pain now or go through pain later? So there, there's pain anyway, which way you slice it. Okay. So I'm going to go back to, to what you were saying about, you know, implementing the tools and kind of getting buy-in from the people that are, that are going to use them. You know, when I, I worked at a large corporation for a, a little while and I remember there were a bunch of times when there was a big announcement, we're introducing this new technology, this new tool, big hullabaloo, everyone has to do training on it. It'd be like, okay. 
And then we do all this stuff and then never use it. Or at least I never used it. Like it was never made clear. Like, well, what, are, what, what am I supposed to do with this? You know, it always seemed like such a waste of time and money. And frankly, didn't make the leadership look all that great. You know, like, what are they doing? Why are they doing this? So it's super important, right, to, as you were saying, to choose a tool that's going to really actually serve a, a, a function that makes sense to everybody and get buy-in. So how has that process gone so far? I imagine you're still at least partly in the middle of that, introducing some of these tools. So like, how has that gone so far? And what are some of, you know, the bigger challenges that you've experienced? Fortunately, I've had not too much resistance, which is refreshing. I think the benefit I've had is that, you know, the team is very open to change and very accepting of new processes, which is wonderful. They want the technology, so they're they're anxious to to sort of adopt. I think also a benefit that I have is that I've used a lot of a lot of the tech that, you know, we're looking to bring in. I've used in the past so I sort of have the advantage of, you know, showing the ROI and the success that I've had in the past with using those tools. So it's, you know, it's really easy for me to to show them demonstrated success. So that's that's unique. But if you if you don't have that sort of advantage, what you can do is you can work with the vendors that you're trying to bring in and leverage some of their customer success stories, their case studies to bring those stories into your team and show them. So we've done, I've done a ton of demos with some of the new tools that we're bringing in. So I try to bring in all of the cross-functional teams and the folks that are going to be involved in using these tools and at least allow them to see the tool tools in, in, in process and allow them to ask questions and then also share with them, you know, how I think this is going to impact the business positively. I think also a really good thing to do is when you're working with vendors, ask them for references and then actually calling those references and having a conversation with them and asking for their firsthand experience. And most of those folks will be very open with you about how it's going on their end. And uh, most of them are willing to share their ROI with it, especially if they're having a really, really good experience with it, they'll share that. They'll they'll be open about it. And if they're not, that's a really good thing for you to have too before you commit to anything. I think sometimes we ask for references, but we don't actually follow through on contacting. We just want to know that we can get a reference, but it's it makes sense to call those references and have just a quick 15-minute conversation. And most people are more than willing to do that. And that's a great way to get information. And then that's first party data that, again, you can bring back to your team or your leadership or your executive team and say, hey, X, you know, this person at XYZ company has said this, this, and this. And it's not a case study. Right. It's actual firsthand information. Yeah, for sure. Well, <laughs> you know, the, the final question I was going to ask you is what's your advice for marketing leaders in a similar position, you know, building out a tech stack from scratch? You just offered like five awesome pieces of advice right there. You, you kind of preempted me, but you know, if you, if we can leave our listeners with sort of one last final thought, you know, like what's your, what would be like your number one piece of advice for marketing leaders in a similar position, you know, above all things, definitely keep this in mind. What I would say is don't boil the ocean. <laughs> you know, that expression, don't boil the ocean. So especially if you're, if you're new to this and you're just starting out, or even see, I mean, even experienced and seasoned marketing professionals start slow, 
don't try to and I, I'm I'm saying this also to a warning uh, as a warning to myself. Don't try to bring in too many things in one time. Bring in one thing first, master that, and then bring in the next thing. Because bringing too many things in at once is a recipe for failure. Because it does take a long time to bring those tools in, get them implemented, get them set up the way they need to be. Make sure it's you know, the team is comfortable with it. Everything's functioning the way it should be. And, you know, you get it deployed. That takes time and takes effort. So give yourself, you know, that space, that grace to do that before you pile on five other things on top of that. So I'm, I'm kind of saying that as a warning to myself too, because we're in the process of doing all of that and see how it, you know, see how it goes. Because you may say, Hey, that next thing that's on my list, I might actually want to pivot. I might want to change and try something else based on the results you get from the first implementation. Good stuff. And I'm sure, especially when you're new at a company and you're building something from, from scratch, you might feel, I don't know, like a sense of urgency to get a lot done or, you know, make, make a really good impression, like a big impression and end up taking on too much, which I'm sure anyone who's been in that position has, you know, dealt with that to, to one degree or another. So a good reminder of all that. Well, Allison, there's so much more we could talk about. I kind of hate to cut it short, but it's time to go. So thank you so much for your time and for a, just a, an interview jam-packed with awesome insights and great advice. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much. It's been, it's been a lot of fun. I really appreciate it too. That's it for this episode of the B2B Content Show. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or you know someone who you think would be a great guest, let us know. You can contact me at jeremy at conversa.com. That's C-O-N-N-Versa.com. The B2B Content Show is brought to you by Conversa Podcasting. Check us out at conversa.com to learn more about how we help B2B brands start podcasts to connect through conversation with the buyers and decision makers you need to get to know to grow your business. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.